This is Janelle Wood, and you are listening to the Finding Something Real podcast. Welcome, friend. The Finding Something Real podcast is designed especially for someone who's not sure about relationship with Jesus Christ. As someone who's been through my own ups and downs with faith, my desire is to create an invitational place for people to process and address questions about God and Christianity. So if you are not sure what you believe about faith, I get that. And if you're skeptical, hey, you've come to the right place. But I invite people to go on a journey with me because I believe Jesus is real and my desire is to share him with you in these conversations. And today we're diving deeper into season six with more questions curated by Gaia from Italy, who co-hosted with me back in April. Every month here, we try to invite a different young woman to share her story, to talk about her questions, and then we invite on Christian guests who can address her honest questions or topics. So this month, we'll begin by listening to some bonus episodes with or for my friend Gaia. I think you're going to love today's guest and his thoughtful approach. You might also love his accent. And I had a surprise co-host join me for this one um, when Gaia was unavailable. And I think you're going to love hearing from her as well. She may be a familiar voice if you listened to this podcast before. And today we're going to be talking about a tough but important topic. We'll go ahead and dive into today's talk in just a moment. But first, a few words regarding stuff that helps keep us on the air. Hi friend, this podcast is sponsored in part by Faithful Counseling. Life is full of ups and downs, unexpected twists and turns, and sometimes we struggle with all that can come our way. Faithful Counseling will assess your needs and match you with a licensed professional therapist who is also a practicing Christian. It's not a crisis line, it's not self-help, it's professional counseling done securely online. And as someone with a master's degree in counseling psychology and whom at various times in the past 20 or so years has benefited from seeing a professional therapist, I know the value that professional counseling can bring because we all need someone to talk with and Faithful Counseling can help. Please visit faithfulcounseling.com slash finding something real to sign up for professional faith-based counseling. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. There's also a special offer for Finding Something Real listeners to get 10% off your first month at faithfulcounseling.com slash finding something real. Thanks again to Faithful Counseling for being a sponsor of this episode. Well, we talk a lot on this podcast, friend, about the realness of Jesus. The Bible says that, quote, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. That's in the book of Acts, chapter 4, verse 12. But what about people of other religions? Will God judge them differently? If you've ever asked yourself those kind of hard questions, you're going to want to listen to today's episode. Welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast. This is your host, Janelle Wood, and today you are listening in for season six, where we are starting off each month with a different young woman sharing her faith story and allowing her the space to ask some tough questions about God and Christianity. This month, we are featuring conversations with or for a young woman named Gaia from Italy. And if you've listened to our episodes, you know Gaia had a lot of questions about faith. 
In the episodes we've recorded, which we'll link in the show notes, Gaia has shared questions she has about God's character, suffering, sin, and other topics. And she's also shared her faith journey. Gaia is actively searching for something real when it comes to relationship with God. And she's been eager to be here for these conversations, which is always such a joy because I think these episodes are always better when I'm joined by a co-host. However, Gaia let me know uh, just in the last couple hours that she really wished that she could be here, but was unable to join us today. So I last minute invited a familiar friend to stand in for Gaia, and she graciously agreed to come, even though she said she was busy working on a project for somebody special in her life. Dagmar from the Netherlands, welcome back to the podcast. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. I've, um, yeah, well, I've been working on a project so I'm kind of doing a multitasking thing here but I think it's (laughs) I also listen to the podcast when I work on projects like this so it's kind of of the same but a little bit different (laughs) (laughs) you listen to this podcast when you're working on projects sometimes yes sometimes wow I'm impressed I didn't know are you happy about that I am if you're getting anything from the conversations of course i always get something <laughs> from a conversation if even if it is that i don't like the conversation oh which one didn't you like i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> i probably did have one here that i didn't like but still <laughs> <laughs> well that's good because um today might be a conversation that might be hard to like but i think it's gonna be a good conversation um, how are you doing though before we jump into introducing today's returning guest? Uh, I'm okay. I've been better. I've been worse. Mm. Well, you have a new apartment. That's exciting. I do. I moved to a city instead of uh, living in a trailer. So that's been a very nice adjustment. Yeah. <laughs> warmer. Warmer, I bet, during the winter. Definitely warmer, spring. yes. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Well, however you're here, whatever you're doing, I'm just really grateful you are here. And I love that you're opening the door for other people who might be hearing this conversation to uh, be multitasking as well. So uh, thank you. Thank you. And also opening the door for people who may not um, agree necessarily with what we're going to be talking about, but who may be challenged by it as well, which that's that's exactly what we're doing here. So last... Go ahead. Something that we like to call it in Dutch. Um, probably the person co-host, um, the the yes, other speaker. person in mm-hmm. this conversation, will also know what it means. But dankvoor. Uh, so it's kind of like, even if you don't like something, it's good to think about it and think what you would think. Mm-hmm. Like improve your own argument by knowing what other people think and being more open-minded about it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that word means, but I, I, I think it, that it sounds good. It literally translates into thinking feed. Thinking feed. Okay. Like thinking food. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, let's okay. see how thinking of a foot you have for this conversation. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> food, uh, food as in eating. Oh. <laughs> I thought like thinking and then running away with your feet. <laughs> That's what I no, okay. All right. Well, last time today's special guest was here. Um, you were here as well, Doc Mar. And uh, when today Gaia told me she couldn't make it, I reached out to you um, 
And it was in part because I was re-listening to this conversation we had had with today's guest a few months ago. And I remembered that you both spoke the same language, which was so surprising to me because I didn't realize that um, you did before before we got on here. Um, you weren't feeling well either during that conversation. And I remember having a conversation or talking about uh, coming as you are. Um, but today's guest, he's a husband, he's a father of a four-year-old son and pastor from Namibia. Um, and if you're not familiar, is a country in the southern part of Africa. I was not familiar prior to um, a few months ago. <laughs> and I met him at Cross-Examine Instructors Academy last summer. Very gracious and kind and knowledgeable guest, Dubois de Toy. Dubois, welcome back. Thanks. That was that was very well done. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, the pronunciation it better than last time. Improved, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a real problem, Dubois. But I'm really glad you're here. Yeah. For pronunciation of my name. Say your name Dachmar. just for Dakmar. 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 Yes. I got it right. Right. Well, <laughs> Dubois got it, but you didn't. Hey, you, you have to say that. <laughs> Dakmar. Dakmar. <laughs> sure, sure. Okay. <laughs> well, Dubois, how have you been? How, how have you been these past few months? No, I've been I've been very well. Um, we had a, a crazy uh, schedule end of the year last year with a bunch of youth camps and stuff, um, ending off everything at the church, and then obviously uh, beginning the new year. Um, I actually had a, a pretty serious accident. Um, oh, no. I was uh, I walked through a glass door here at my house, and uh, I, I messed up uh, my knee pretty badly. Got about twenty-one stitches and stuff, so I'm still still recovering. But uh, you know, it's 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 good to have something to remind you of your mortality. And um, uh, yeah, well, well, well uh, I always say, well, rather me than my wife or my kid. Uh, so we put in the. The safety glass and hopefully that's that's not going to happen again oh my word how did you do that how did you walk through a glass door well it's been open the whole day and then um <laughs> the the domestic worker closed it because she was just being conscientious and um, mm. i i walked outside f fairly quickly and then uh, didn't see it was closed i was i was um, obviously expecting the thing to be open so oh um, wow but but ev yeah but everybody got a, a good little jump scare and then you know there was blood everywhere so oh um, my word <laughs> wow well i'm glad you can laugh about it now that's why we keep yeah, our yeah, windows definitely. dirty here <laughs> <laughs> you're just yeah. saying that because you don't want to clean anyone an excuse that's right for it? that's right that's exactly that's right. a good excuse though yeah. <laughs> it's a very good excuse <laughs> oh man well i'm glad you're okay that was probably very scary for your family yeah no, but but it's it's a good lesson learned. You know? So now I'm always when I'm walking near with that, it's, it's with the feeling in front. You know, so wow, <laughs> not gonna let it happen again. That sounds like it could be also be a very good sermon illustration. Were you able to use it yet? Definitely. Um, no, no, no. But I've I've bagged it for for the right one. Yep, <laughs> that's a great. Uh, yeah. I can see where that might go. <laughs> so Dubois, last time you were here, you shared a little bit about your faith journey. Um, but for those who are not familiar with your story, would you share a little bit about who you are and how you came to faith? Yeah, sure. Um, so I grew up in a, in a um, 
Christian home. My my parents are both very um, uh, um, ardent believers. My father actually got the calling to to go into ministry himself when he was thirty eight years old. Um, so we we moved from the small town, rural town I grew up in, and um, moved to uh, to university town Stellenbosch near Cape Town in South Africa. And then um, my my faith. Uh, a bit of a turn there uh, got involved with uh, some some uh, really bad friends and uh, you know you start to do the same things that that they do and um my grade 11 year when i was 17 um it felt uh, that i that i um i looked at myself and and, and discovered i wasn't uh, i didn't know the guy looking looking back you know when you look in the mirror um, and it was very disconcerting and disconcerting and um, a bunch of other stuff happened and then um, I, I I had to confess something to my father and um, and he and he led me through the sinner's prayer and and uh, I really felt like that that was that was my moment of, of conversion um, to really set my life on the the, the path um, that, that Jesus has as as put in front of me and two months later I got the calling to go into ministry and I haven't looked back since. Well, uh, I'm excited that you're here to talk about something that I think is hard for a lot of people to talk about. Um, Gaia from Italy, who I wish could be here today, but um, I'm so glad Doc Moore is here too. Um, she asked some really great questions and some of them were about the exclusivity of Christianity. Mm. Before I get to the specifics of what she asked, I remember you sharing last time you were here um, and just now about, about how you spent some time wrestling with lots of faith questions. Uh, I think mm -hmm. especially at the university level you shared. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if the certainty of scripture and the question of Jesus being the only way to salvation, if, if that's a question that you personally, personally wrestled with. Yeah, definitely. Um, I actually did my, did my, um, our our um, ministry course is is um, six years long, um, and in the fifth year we have to do a compulsory masters of divinity. And um, my theme was on on um, salvation, basically the the church word is soteriology, and um, and I wrestled with this whole thing of exclusivity versus inclusivity, and um, uh, and then and then try to find a another way you know that, that that doesn't disregard the what scripture teaches but but also tries to work around the whole thing about mm -hmm. uh, of exclusivity so so that so i had that um that season in my life where, where i really wrestled with the idea of um like you said the exclusivity of of um of christianity and um especially with the the liberal uh, uh the liberal university atmosphere we had there and um uh, especially with all the critical theory and and um, bible critique and all that stuff it really compounded um into in my second year i went through a crisis of faith you know and that's not something you want to happen to you in your second year of of, of ministries uh, right. uh, training so um but but um and i think that the main thing that 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 i really grappled with was what what exactly happened on the cross, um, uh, what, what does justification mean, and and why was it necessary? But that the whole discussion around that, you know, basically the the starting point of salvation. Uh, and once once uh, 
it took a bunch of years, you know, and once I really, I think about five or six years ago, I, I really understood for the first time um, what happened there, um, the whole thing around rebirth and, and um, you know, uh, justification, sanctification, glorification, that whole, that whole salvation process. Uh, um, this thing fell into place for me, and and, and now now I I'm not able to think um, outside of that scope anymore. Mm. Well, I want you to dive into some of that, especially for someone listening who isn't familiar with some of those terms. Um, but I'm just going to ask specifically the things that she brought up. She said, "What about people of other belief systems? Do they need Jesus too? Is there one God and only one God?" And if so, how will he judge people of different belief systems regarding eternity? Those are great questions. So I'd love to hear some of your thoughts and the things that you've wrestled through and where you're at now, Dubois. Yeah, so, so let's start with the, um, the whole thing of, uh, about other religions. And then maybe a, a logical step would be to go from there to, to the other very pertinent question is, is um, uh, who goes to heaven? Um, and, uh, you know, okay, so the whole thing about, about other religions, so the, and as you said in the beginning, this is a, this is a sensitive topic because we live in a, in a culture where, where plurality is, is, ver- is valued. Um, and I actually listened to a podcast today, uh, I think it was Elisa Childers, um, and uh, uh, the guy she spoke with um, was the guy from Summit, uh, the Summit Ministries. And um, basically, people in a in, in a in a society that's that's as plural as as the ones that um, uh, that we find in the West, they want to leave as as little uh, footprint as possible um, in terms of uh, uh, you know impacting the climate, uh, but but also in terms of impacting the lives of people around them. So so this whole thing about um, respecting the uh, um, a society of plurality, so, so that's why this is a sensitive topic. But um, that's interesting. Can you say that again? Because that was really so. Maybe I'll just summarize what I think you said and tell me if I'm right. Um, that most of us in this culture, this pluralistic culture, we don't want to leave a big footprint as far as uh, environmentally, obviously, but also mm. spiritually, like just. You do Culturally, you. Culturally, yeah. Okay, is that is that a fair way to summarize what you yeah. just said? Yeah, I, yeah. I think you're right on. And just to add to that, right before I jumped on here, a friend of mine had recommended a book on Facebook. It was a children's book. Um, and it was about children and how they're made in the image of God or whatever. And then when I went to Amazon, it was all about black history, which that's cool too. So I was reading the reviews and one of the reviews gave it one star and the criticism was it was non-inclusive. That was the title um, because it talked about one God, no other way. Um, it was too, um, it was a book that should have been for diverse students with many backgrounds and spiritual beliefs, but instead it was uh, non-inclusive. That was the word that this woman kept on using or whoever the review, the reviewer was. And I thought that was so interesting, but it plays into exactly what you're talking about, that yeah. um, just keep it to yourself kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Okay. Like you said, you, you do you. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, I'm, I'm, uh, 
I, I, I won't be able to tiptoe around what scripture says. So, so my, my entire um, insight will be what, what does the Bible say about yeah. these topics? Um, I think the, 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 pluralistic, uh, the pluralistic idea is that um, there, is, there, is, there are many ways to God, to the one God. There's a lot of people that, that believe that, um, especially I think in Christianity, um, the more progressive side says, well, you know, um, all of these different religions, they've got some part of the truth. No one can claim uh, exclusive, uh, exclusive knowledge of the truth. It's like the many roads leading up the mountain and on the top, we all come to the same conclusion. Um, but but that, that's not what we see in scripture. So um, there's, there's, a, there's a few verses that... Um, uh, that speaks about the exclusivity of Jesus. The the first and maybe the most well-known one is is in uh, John chapter um, 16, verse 4, where Jesus says, I am the way, the 14, truth, six. and the life. Uh, 14, 6. I always get that mixed up. Um, <laughs> I just know that one. <laughs> great. Thank you. Um, where he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And, um, and then also, I think in Acts 4, where he says, there's no other name um, on earth that um, people might call on to be saved. And then um, a bunch of these kinds of, uh, of, of, of sayings about Jesus uh, being, being exclusive in terms of, of our salvation. And then um, so how, we, how do we navigate uh, different religions um, in terms of, of the exclusivity of Jesus? So um, I, th I think the, the question people ask is, well, well, what about people that have never heard about Jesus? Mm. Or they, or they'd say, well, if if I grew up in in Arabia, I'd be a Muslim. Or if I grew up in in India, I'd be a, a Hindu. Or if I grew up in Japan, I'd be a, a Buddhist or an atheist. You know, something like that. And um, and, and and that's that's I think that's what makes this a difficult question. Um, but um, if if I can maybe try to 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 say how are we are we answered that objection publicly? Mm. Um, in I've, I've been working through a. a, a, a a very tough commentary. I don't know if you know Douglas Wu, um, his commentary on Romans. Um, no. So it's it's one one of the most highly rated uh, commentaries on Romans. And, What's the um, last name? Douglas Wu, like a Wu, a cow makes Wu. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I haven't heard that. We'll we'll link it in the show notes. So yeah, Douglas okay, Mu. okay, D Douglas Wu. Um, and and um, I've been spending about two weeks just in Romans one. And um, this morning I got to Romans 1 verse 18, where it says that for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. The truth in, in, in Paul's words, um, most of the time speaking about the knowledge of God, uh, not necessarily truth in general, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. And then it speaks about um, God, God making Himself visible and making Himself known through His creation. Um, we can know God's attributes. Uh, we can know we can know basic things about about the one true God just looking at His creation. That's that's called um, general revelation. That that, uh, and then actually it says that um, for since the creation of the world, these these invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and God, and then this this part, so that they are without excuse. And, and I think that's the hard part, is that, that um, in, in, um, in, especially in Romans, but, but in, the, um, in the New Testament framework, uh, the idea is that no one is without 
is is without excuse for not not knowing God and not following God. Um, anybody not following God has basically rejected Him because He's made Himself known to the whole of His creation uh, for all of time in 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 just in just the created order. Um, also, in in Romans two verse fourteen and fifteen, uh, this is this is this is one of the the primary verses I usually uh, uh, work a bit with when I try to answer these questions to people, is um, where Paul says, For as many have sinned without law will also perish without law. And as many have sinned in the law will be judged by the law. So speaking about um, knowledge of the of the will of God as he's, he's, he's made it known through special revelation, not just general revelation in his created order, but special revelation as, as given through his word. And then, um, for not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. So making that distinction between people that, that, that hear of God and people actually following his commandments. For when the Gentiles, and this is where, this is where, where, where an apologetic for, for people that have not heard about God can come in. For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do the things in the law, these, although not having the law, are a law unto themselves. So something about, Frank Turek talks about this also in his book, um, he wrote with Norman Geisler, uh, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist, um, speaks about the, and, and C.S. Lewis actually um, makes a, a, a huge study of this whole idea of the universal moral law in his book, uh, Basic Christianity, or Mere Christianity, um, that, that the law of God is written on the hearts of, of all people of all times. So all people has this basic knowledge of the of the will of God, of the law of God, and even though people people don't don't have special revelation from God, if they if they just live out this moral law, um, they become a law unto themselves. It's as if God has specially revealed Himself to them, and they could be justified before God. Um, we show we show the work of the law written in their hearts. Their conscience also bears witness, and between themselves, their thoughts accusing or else excusing them. So we hear this whole thing about, about um, uh, the, the, the universal law that God places in our hearts. And if we follow that, even though we don't have special revelation from God, knowing God through his creation and following this moral law, we are also able to be justified by God. But nobody can keep the law perfectly, right? So absolutely not. So it's not a workspace thing. You know, it's um it's it's just it's it's the will the the will to do the law of God, the will to do the will of God um that 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 uh, um that justifies these people that 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 did not have the the sancti uh, the um special revelation the special revelation from God. Yeah. So <clears throat> what you're saying is God is sovereign and he gets to choose <laughs> based on uh what people know. Is that would that be fair to say? Um, I don't have a Bible verse to, to substantiate it, but but uh, I've heard it, and 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 it makes sense to me that if, if you look at something like say James chapter three verse one, where it says I don't know what the English is, I'm not Afrikaans. Let me just just get it up here. Um, James uh, James chapter three. It says, "My brethren," so this is the New King James version I'm reading from. I don't know what you guys use over there. Um, <laughs> NIV usually. NIV. Oh, I've got it here as well. Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged, judged more strictly. And what the person said with regards to that is, 
God judges us based on the amount of knowledge we have about him. Hmm. Um, so, so a teacher, like a pastor or a, a, a reverend or, or something, um, we've got the responsibility to, to, to have a lot more knowledge about God because it's, it's, uh, it's our calling, it's our job, you know, a lot more knowledge and, and then to, to carry that knowledge over to other people. So we've got a lot more responsibility in making in knowing God and making God known than 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 people who um, how do you say that just just live a normal Christian life you know that that are not part of 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 a of a clergy or part of a of a or pastoring or something like that mm-hmm. so 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 that 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 God judges based on the amount of knowledge we we have of Him if you think about the sinner on the cross that died next to Jesus. He had basically no knowledge, but he got saved just based on Jesus said, I could go, I can okay. come with it. And, and, um, and, and that's a baseline for me. You know, it's, 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 it's just knowing Jesus um, and accepting Jesus. And then everything else follows after that. Right. I'm thinking of who might be listening to this episode mm-hmm. and Maybe this is the same question. Maybe it's a little different. But let's say somebody like Dakmar here uh, is listening. And she goes, I don't know that much about Jesus. Maybe it'd be good for me to not listen anymore about this Jesus. If I don't, oh, yeah. if I'm not actually held accountable, I mean, why should I pursue knowledge when I'm just going to be held responsible for what I know anyway? Um, so what is the incentive to learn more and to know Christ if if it's just dependent upon what we know. I mean, I'm just wondering if that's an objection mm. you've heard before or if it's something you've thought of. Can I fall in? No, and- yeah, go ahead, Dr. Right. Friend, if you're enjoying this episode, you may also enjoy exclusive bonus content each month. Finding Something Real is a podcast that has some costs associated with it. We have a website, monthly subscriptions to stay organized. We design things. We like to pay an assistant producer who keeps things going around here, that kind of stuff. We're not in the business of trying to make money, but we are in the business of wanting to keep this show going and be sustainable. So we use Patreon. And if you haven't heard of it, Patreon is the best place for creators to build memberships by providing exclusive access to their work and a deeper connection with their communities. Each month, patrons who support Finding Something Real get a bonus episode where we recap the month's episodes. Often those episodes feature our co-hosts and they will often share what this journey was like. There's other perks over there too, and it's easy to get involved. Just go to findingsomethingreal.com and click support at the top of the page. We'd love to have you over there in our Patreon community. I was actually just thinking like, oh gosh. I'm going to be like, because I know so much because I've done these podcasts and stuff. If I do <laughs> not to do it, I'm going to be so reprimanded. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You can continue to <laughs> No, it's, it's, it's a good objection. Um, so there's a lot of people that, that through the ages have, have had a problem with, um, let's say, uh, missionary work, uh, precisely because of this. Why put a yoke on people's necks? Um, why tell them about Jesus? You know, if if um, and and I think we come back to Romans eighteen, uh, Romans one verse eighteen is is no one is without excuse. Everyone has a certain has a certain baseline of knowledge um, about God, 
um, everybody has just decided to reject it if they if they are not pursuing that. Um, mm -hmm. So so that, that's how I would answer that. It's it's um, not try to try to keep your eyes and ears closed. You know, not to hear um, too much about God, so that you will only be judged on the little, judged on the little knowledge you have. Um, and it's not it's not just intellectual. Uh, in, I think intellectual knowledge, um, saying I know these truths about God. Um, there, there is there's something that uh, if we go to to uh, um, where's that now? Uh, if we go to John chapter three verse five, where Jesus speaks to Nicodemus, um, he says, "Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God." So there is this whole thing about um, rebirth that needs to happen. It's not just I, I know this about God and God is going to judge me on on on. on Based on what I know, um, but but what I've done with what I know, uh, that that part in Romans um, one verse eighteen says that. Oh, two verse fourteen and fifteen. It says that for not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. So it's it's not it's not about it's not about what knowledge you have. It's about um, it's about the application of that knowledge. Um, that is that is uh, because that says something about the heart that's behind it. You know, it's, uh, we don't want to speak about a faith-based, uh, a works-based faith, um, or, or only an intellectually-based faith. Um, it's 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 the heart that's behind it. It's it's um, what have I done with the knowledge that I have of God? As I have I have I started to follow Him? Have I started to do His will? Have um, has He changed me? Has He given me a heart of flesh instead of this heart of stone that that I was born with, because of the sin of Adam? So um, I hope that I hope it helps if I say it like that. Mm. Yeah. So it's a submission to to that submission. Submission to that and surrender to that knowledge of wow, all of creation points to a creator. I know mm. that I'm not him. I know that I'm not that. So therefore, I desire to to know him. And God's mm. word also says when you seek him, you'll find him when you seek him with all your heart. Over and over mm. in scripture it talks about the desiring to know God. Um that those things are not hidden from us when we seek after him. Um, what about people? Maybe I can, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, maybe I can just jump in on that, on that um, the verse you, you, you uh, recited. There was um, Deuteronomy 4 verse 29, where it says that, but if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you look for him with all your heart and with all of your soul. So, so the important principle that this, this verse teaches us is that everyone who truly seeks after God will find him. And, um, and and that's also a very interesting thing when it comes to, to um, the stories we hear from the Muslim community is that um, our, our God in, in, in Jesus makes himself known to them in dreams. Um, how a lot of them, how the, a lot of the Muslim population, lots and lots, not, not just fringe amounts, lots and lots of people have, have um, converted to Christianity uh, by God revealing himself um, to them in, in dreams. Um, uh, revealing Jesus in, in dreams. Um, and uh, also in that, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Um, I think uh, Frank and, 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 and Norman spend a lot of time speaking about how, how widely the gospel is, 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 is accessible. Um, uh, how, how many people have access to, to the truth about God um, and, and not just, you know, Christianity is 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 um, a white western uh 
religion. You know, it's it's um, uh, the 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 greater population that that believes in Jesus are, are um, black people, Asian people, um, much much more so than than, than white Western uh, people. The 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 thing is just that that the religion is being Christian Christianity is being suppressed in in a lot of the Eastern countries. So it's not that the message is not getting is not getting in. It's not um, uh, that the message is not getting heard by people. It's just it's it's struggling to get into these countries, um, mm. and and it's 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 not a given that if you grow up somewhere, uh, you, you will never have anything. You will never have an encounter with with Christianity. That's 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 just not true. Mm. Well, if Gaia was here, I, I'm trying to imagine some questions she might have as a follow up to that. Um, one might be, well, then what about Muslims and, um, you know, Hindus or Jehovah Witnesses or people who follow um, a different faith? If they truly are, you know, believing that, that they're devoted to God, will they end up in heaven with with Christians, according to the Bible? So I think the the prudent thing to do is to define our terms. If we if we speak about heaven, um, what are we actually saying? So I think there's a lot of people that has this idea of heaven as as like a uh, okay. So you've got you've got people that think of heaven as this 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 disembodied uh, dreamscape, and then other people think of it as like a, an eternal. Um, uh, what do you guys call it in English? It's a um, uh, like a theme park, <laughs> you know, an eternal theme park. And you know, um, you get in there and, and and you have fun, and you have fun eternally. And God is somewhere there, maybe doing the management from the control room or something. You don't get you don't get a lot of face time with him, you know. Maybe he'll come out and wave to the people, but he's he's, he's minding his own business, and, and it's just a nice place for for good people to hang out. Um, and that's not that's not what we as Christians believe because it's not the picture that the Bible um, paints for us. Um, heaven is is God's undiluted eternal presence, um, the Christian God. That's that's what we believe, um, and and Jesus also um, undiluted eternal presence of Jesus and and intimacy with Jesus, intimacy with the Father, intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Um, so. If we if we can if we can picture that then then um, you know I've got a lot of respect for someone like Christopher Hitchens saying because of that image of what heaven is like the, the biblical image of heaven he says well then heaven will be hell for me mm. because because as an atheist he does not want anything to do with God um, if if there is a God um, and even if it's the Christian God he, he would we forcing him to go to heaven against his will will make heaven hell for because because um, heaven is ju not just a place to have fun after you die. Um, heaven is, is is a continuation of the relationship you had with God and Jesus, uh, with with the Father through Jesus here on earth, um, and 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 that's that's where the whole the last part of our salvation comes in when we speak about glorification. It's it's um, the consummation. There's a bunch of big words I'm using now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It's the it's the the um, the consummation of the relationship we have with Christ uh, being perfected, you know. So it's not um, I'm disconnected from 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 Jesus and I'm disconnected from the Father. It's 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 
that connection becomes becomes tangible it becomes permanent it becomes eternal and anybody that's not had a relationship or did not want a relationship with god on earth you know it's it's going to be it's not going to be a pleasant experience for them um and and uh, and, and this is where I have a big problem with the whole idea of, of universalism, um, where we say that, well, God is going to save everyone um, in the end. You know, um, we had some of my some of my lecturers in universities. Uh, the one the one um, professor said, if anyone should be lost, let it be me. You know, I had this whole idea of um, everybody's going to heaven because that's what a loving God would do. But 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 the whole thing of of um, of forcing people against their will to go to heaven, would a loving would a loving God do that? Um, mm-hmm. To force someone against their will, or compel them to 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 be in His eternal presence uh, for uh, for eternity, and and um, and and they don't want to be there. That, so so that's 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 where I see a big problem with the whole idea. Mm. So people that really want God, but they're in a different religion. Um, what are your thoughts on I'm 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 thinking mm. of Gaia like do they really have to have Jesus yeah yeah so so publicly speaking um as we said there's there's okay so we have to get into the theological technicalities now um so 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 who then goes to heaven I think that's 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 a question we can can ask from from that question uh, that you think Gaia would would maybe ask. Um, who who gets who gets to go to heaven? And when you ask when you ask people um, who goes to heaven, you know the 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 stereotypical answer will be that good people go to heaven. And then we can ask, well, how good is good enough? Because obviously, um, there's uh, most people have different standards than the next person about what is what what constitutes a good person. Um, the way we uh, basically, um, uh, or the standard that most people would would agree to is, well, I'm I'm better than the guy that murdered or stole or or raped and is in prison now. So so that's a bad person, and I did not do those things. So I'm a good person. Um, and 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 that's and, and I think that's the general idea that a lot of people have. God will let good people go to heaven and bad people go to hell, and we dis- and, and and we decide who's good and who's bad so basically we decide it goes to heaven and um and when anyone tells us that well good people will not go there um it's 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 something else that that um that will will eventually uh, make that decision um then we're mad you know because because why not good people deserve to go to heaven and um that's where i think rc spool really helped me he um he he had this this way of saying and it's actually on a different question but it comes down to the same thing um when people ask why do why do bad things happen to good people he said well there's only ever in the whole history of humankind been one good person and he volunteered <laughs> and um and, and that's the thing our standard of goodness is is we measuring ourselves against other people where god says um my standard of goodness is you have to measure yourself to my son um sinless perfectly what is gehoorsam dag maar um what word obedient perfect ja gehoorsam perfect perfect obedience and um and sinless uh, sinless perfect obedience that is that is god's standard so mm-hmm. 
um, I, I always tell tell my students, well, um, so even if you've only ever stolen like five cents in your life, um, that that is that is sin enough to send you to to hell for eternity, um, because you've missed you've missed you've missed the standard that God set up for the only person who could ever get into heaven on merit on good works was Jesus because he lived the sinless life. He obeyed the script. He obeyed the law of God perfectly. Um, and, 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 and that is why he could, he could die on the cross in our place because, because he satisfied God's law. And, um, and, and, uh, so he, he had perfect, uh, the big word is righteousness. I don't know if there's a, if there's an easier word, um, that you can help me with, but the he, English. he lived in right relationship with God perfectly. He lived, he lived. He perfectly lived in the right, right relationship with God, um, and and because because he had that, when he died on the cross, he made it possible for um, to 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 impart that that righteousness, that right relationship. He, he, he could impart it to anyone who believes in him. Anyone, and and not believe again like intellectually, you know, just just a bunch of um, uh, intellectual propositions um, that put their trust in him. Um, and 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 people that that uh, are truly convicted that there's no way I can get myself into heaven. Um, the only way is by having the righteousness of Jesus um, imparted to me. Um, so so uh, um, I think it was uh, Spurgeon that said, uh, and, and and this is this is the thing that that took me very long to understand, and and, and this 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 really um, changed my perception of. Um, of of uh, the Christian re- uh, the Christian's relationship to God, um, he says. So, the Christian that have put their faith in terms of their trust in Jesus, they stand before the Father as if they are Jesus, because mm-hmm. Jesus stood before the Father as if He was them. Um, you know, so, so so that's that's where justification comes. Is um, Jesus? imparting his righteousness his right relationship with the father his perfect obedience um and 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 his sinlessness he imparts to the believer and that is the only way we as christians believe because that's what the bible teaches us that is the only way anyone can get into heaven is 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 by having the righteousness of christ in other words putting your faith in him putting your trust in him and him then imparting his righteousness to you the father looking at you even sinful you, unrighteous you, but seeing the righteousness of Jesus, as Paul um, Paul puts it, as 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 a cloak that has been put around our shoulders, um, and 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 he no longer sees the sinfulness, he no longer sees the imperfections, he no longer sees the disobedience, he sees his son's perfect obedience, sinlessness, and that's the only way we believe as Christians one could get to heaven. Yeah. So it's not me getting into heaven on my merit; it's me getting into heaven on the merit of Jesus Christ. So Gaia's question, will God judge people of different religions differently? The answer to that would be. Um, as Christians, we believe what the Bible tells us. and The Bible says everyone, regardless of which religion you belong to, will be judged based on have you put your trust in Jesus and has he imparted his righteousness to you? Yeah. Um, out, outside of that, we believe that that. Um, that there's no there's no going to heaven outside of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay, Doc Mar, I want to make sure that um, this is coming across well. So, 
would you summarize what you've heard Dubois share? And I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Yes. All right. Quick summary is I would say um, you can only get into heaven if you have a relationship with Jesus because um, no human is sinless and Jesus died for our sins so we could go into heaven because through him we become sinless in the eyes of God. Um, so what that means in correlation to other religions and people living in other religions is that, uh, first of all, you could not get into heaven because you didn't have a relationship with Jesus. And second of all, even if you would go to heaven, it wouldn't be heaven for you because you would be forced to have a relationship with someone that you didn't know or didn't care about. I'm impressed. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, you're right, Dakmar, you know way too much. Uh... <laughs> How do I know way too much? I just listen. <laughs> <laughs> when are you going to make a decision about Jesus yourself here, Dakmar? <laughs> no You're funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's a pastor. You could ask him any question, anything that might be still in blocking that, you know. No pressure. I can take that part out. I can take that part out. Um, you don't have to. I don't have to? No. Okay. I'm okay with people knowing about my indecisiveness. It might That's help right. them with That's their own. They That's might right. get to by my indecisiveness that they decide, well, now, well, you know, Dagmar can't even make a choice, but I can. So maybe, maybe it'll help. What do you think holds you back? We haven't talked about this for a few months and you're listening and you just perfectly recited the gospel message yeah. and also what Dubois just shared uh, in a loving and very honest way, probably better than a lot of apologists could. So um, what do you think is holding you back from making that decision for yourself? I think a lot of it um, roots in the part where I kind of want to figure out who I am. And I still fear that if I uh, throw myself into a relationship with God, then um, I might never fully find out who I could be. I don't know. It do it makes sense and it doesn't. Yeah. No, it makes it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Maybe it maybe uh, um, if if I can jump in. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, one of the. One of the, I think, one of the core tenets of of um, of the early, not the early church, but the medieval church, was something that um, Anselm said, um, and and he had this, he had this axiom, where he basically he said, faith seeking understanding, and um, well, we've turned that thing around. We said, well, if if I can understand, and if uh, at the point where I have enough knowledge that that I I feel like you know most of my questions have been answered then 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 maybe i'll 
I'll believe. And he says, well, well, let's let's turn it around and say, put your trust. Andy Stanley, I don't know if you guys know Andy Stanley. Um, he, 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 had, um, he had this punchline for a sermon once. He said, if you want to know why, submit and apply. And it basically comes down to faith. Wait, say that again. Say that again. If you, want, if you want to know why, submit and apply. If you want to basically know why, saying, submit and apply. Yeah, basically okay. saying that... Um, because faith is not primarily a mental exercise; it's a relationship. If you if you're gonna if the world says now I've got a I've got a bunch of uh, quick quotes. Um, the world says, "Show me and I'll believe you," um, and God says, "Or show me and I'll trust you." And God says, "Trust me and I'll show you." You know, so it's 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 turning it around the whole time um, to to the relationship. He, he told Abram. Um, I'm not going to tell you where you're going. I'm not going to tell you what we're going to do when we get there. Just trust me. Um, pack up your things. Go away from every, uh, from, from your safety and your security and everything you know. And, and, and um, go in this general direction. I'll tell you when we get there. And, and I've got this great plan for your life. Um, and he, he, had, he had to trust God. And, and um, in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, he's basically commended for his faith, for for um, for trusting God enough to to walk the path of faith so so that's uh, I think that's that's maybe just some some pastoral advice Dagmar uh, if you just want to keep it in the back of your head um, that a lot of things will will maybe never make sense outside of a relationship with God and um, and as Christians we we believe our identity does not lie um, somewhere away from God or somewhere apart from God it's 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 in Christ because we've been We've been created in his image um and and, and um, also one of my favorite uh, verses in scripture is there in, in acts chapter 17 i think it's uh, acts chapter 17 i think it's around verse 30. yeah where paul paul speaks to the to the athenian philosophers and um and he's basically saying to them that um god created us uh, a lot of information so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for Him and find Him. So um, he, he's, he's put he's put this. Um, Augustine said it. He said, um, uh, "The heart is restless until it finds rest in God." So he, he's basically put this this yearning, this longing to to know the the uh, know our Creator and to have a relationship with our Creator. He's, he's put that into every person. That's why most people would 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 undoubtedly be be. Um, be spiritual. I think some atheists said that we are um, we are religion factories or idol factories or something like that. Um, it's inevitable because that's the way that God God wired us. Yeah. Well, maybe it's just my trust issues then. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, it reminds me of what Josh White told us when he was on the podcast last time. You were here for that conversation, right? Wasn't that you and I? Yes. Yeah, where he was talking about no one knows their identity apart from Christ. That's why we need him, <laughs> because we don't really know it. And just the other day, I was recording an episode um, for another co-host. And it was really cool at the end when I asked the, the final question, uh, the guest chose authenticity. And then he started talking about, um, and I think he even got emotional talking about this, if I remember correctly. But he just said, I don't really know who I am. And I don't think I'll ever know this side of heaven, but someday in eternity, I'll know exactly how 
God designed me to be. And I thought, yeah. wow, I've never thought of that before, that that's when we'll fully, fully see who who he's designed. <laughs> because right now there's so many layers to um, the world that we live in. I just thought that was really beautiful. It was a beautiful sentiment. Um, but anyway, we keep on throwing seeds, uh, duck bar your way. And I just love that you keep on showing up and not being af- afraid by the boldness here. <laughs> I can be just as bold back. <laughs> I know. I know it. I love it. I love that you're Dutch. Also, um, anytime you want to come back on and have Dubois here talking to you in your uh, native language, I think that's kind of amazing too. Um, <laughs> anyway, a couple of final questions here. Uh, unless, Dokmar, do you have any questions that you want to ask on behalf of Gaia or yourself? Um, well, I don't really know Gaia that well, so I don't know what you would ask. Um, but for me, I came in here with no questions, and all the questions that I had throughout the conversations were already discussed without me having to ask them. So hmm. I'm good. That's good. Um, what did you think of the answers? Do you Are they hard to hear? Do you feel like they make sense? I mean, I guess they are inherently hard answers, but um, what I really appreciated Dubois was that you gave such an, um, gosh, how would I say this? Like an, a, an explanation that undoubtedly made sense. And you looked at it from so many different viewpoints that it wasn't really that hard of an answer anymore. It was just like, Oh yeah, well that's just the way it is then. Yeah. That's 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 much nicer compliment than last time you told me I speak I speak a lot. <laughs> and he came back. <laughs> <laughs> well let's follow up with that question. I've got one here. Um or that compliment. The the Bible is full of hard teachings, Dubois. Mm. Um that cause some discomfort for anyone. Um, in fact, the more you read the Bible, the more you encounter it. It's very hard to read any book of the Bible and not feel challenged, convicted, or even offended in some way. Um, and I think that's true for Christians, too, to be honest. I think that we should be uh, wrestling with the Word of God. And if uh, some of the things that Jesus spoke in the Gospels don't uh, rub us the wrong way, then <laughs> I-, I think we're not being honest to be to be truthful. Um, How do you personally wrestle with hard teachings? And what advice would you give to someone who doesn't like what she's reading in the Bible? Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe just to give an example. Um, Jesus, uh, at one point, I think it's in the Gospel of John. um, There's a lot of people around him, and they, uh, they are very excited about him, you know, basically cheering him on. And um, and he just quietly says that anyone that does not eat of my flesh and drink of my blood will not inherit the kingdom. And the people are like, gross. And a lot of them deserted him there. And, and, and he actually asked his disciples, um, you know, all these people are, are, are turning away from me. Aren't you guys, um, you know, aren't you going as well? And then I think Peter answers. He says, well, where, where, where will we go? You've got the answer to eternal life. And um, one thing that that I recently, um, I love pithy sayings, you know, little quotes and stuff. Yeah. And, and one thing someone recently uh, um, 
wrote somewhere really tickled me where the guy said um what kind of a god would would completely agree with you about every single thing um you know if you can conceive of a god that does not disagree with you on any point what kind of a god would that be you know you would be your own god um and and i think that's 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 the problem for a lot of people these days is they 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 project themselves onto this this superhuman or the super being and um it's not the it's not the god who is completely different than than we are the god that says my ways are not your ways my thoughts are not your thoughts um it's it's you use the word sovereign a lot you know and, and i don't know if you've spent some time uh, discussing what you mean when you say that um it's it's god's secret thoughts it's god's secret plan for the for the whole of human history it's it's um it's those it's those thoughts and that plan that that we as humans will never have access to um that that we won't even be able to understand you know it's it's a god so it's a god so high above us um that 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 is um without without him speaking uh, uh um revealing himself in in language that we can understand we we won't be able even to 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 comprehend him so that is i think i think the problem for a lot of people is um if i can just say it plainly uh, the image of god is too small um the image of god maybe looks a lot like like themselves and um if 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 the bible then says something i disagree with um well god couldn't have said it well uh, it, it it must have been a product of you know this um this ancient culture um you know the patriarchy that ruled this culture and you know it's 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 you're basically talking about the power dynamics we're experiencing now and you're reading it back into the text and and you decide um what is going to be true and what's not going to be true based on based on where the power dynamics lie that's not a very useful way of reading the scriptures um especially if you want the scriptures to accurately de um, depict the god as he's revealed himself it's mm. a great answer really great answer um all right. Dr. do you want to ask this question? You know it. <laughs> um, well, Dubois, the Finding Something Rogue podcast is about um, faith, restoration, authenticity, eternity, and love. That was not the correct order, but it is those five. <laughs> Which of these... Uh, things uh speak to you most in your life right now and why very good thank you you're gonna have to start um putting it on the payroll i know <laughs> <laughs> she's after my job <laughs> <laughs> um she's heard it's the faith... question so many times that i <laughs> i remember it <laughs> whatever it takes doc mar you just keep coming back <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, you're going to have a come to Jesus moment. I just believe it. <laughs> uh, just help me again. Faith, restoration, yeah. authenticity, love. It's and eternity. And? Eternity. Real eternity. is an acronym. Yeah. Restoration, eternity, authenticity, oh, yeah. love. Restoration, eternity. And which one speaks the most to me in terms of my faith uh, journey at this stage? Mm -hmm. Um. I think I think the whole thing 
I can't remember what I spoke about last time. I think I spoke about eternity. Um, the whole thing about uh, if if eternity is not in play, nothing we do matters and nothing makes sense. But um, uh, we had a, a confirmation class camp in the beginning of February, so it's basically our grade 11s, um, and they're finishing up their formal, um, what is the word, Sunday school, if you can call it like that. And um, I usually spend the whole weekend um, in several sessions discussing the, the the road of salvation, and and restoration basically speaks speaks to me about that. Um, uh, John MacArthur had a had a, a very simple, very profound way of speaking about the three stages of 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 salvation, which is which is basically the the pathway that um, that God uses to restore us uh, back into the image that 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 we lost or, or that's that's been broken. Um, when Adamson, and um, so he speaks about Jesus on the cross, and 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 you can hear the the, the whole of the Trinity um, being part of this whole process, um, which is great. So it's 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 not just one or two of the Trinity. Everybody's working with together. Um, Jesus dying on the cross um, justified us, and that means that um, Jesus saved us from the penalty of sin. So actually. In terms of the relationship we have with God, there's this, there's this, um, this, this unfathomable freedom that we as Christians experience because we don't have to deal with the whole thing of the, the punishment and the guilt of sin anymore. Jesus dealt with that, so that's that's justification. The next part is the Holy Spirit saves us from the power of sin. So that's the the big word I used in the beginning, sanctification. It's basically um, the the path of discipleship that follows the rest of your life, and and that's I think where um, where a lot of the initial restoration uh, takes place. Um, when we think about something like Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit, the Spirit cultivates this fruit in us and, um, and, 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 and it progresses as, as we live. And then we die. And then um, when, when Jesus comes back and, and, he, uh, and he restores creation, and, and it's the new heavens and the new earth, um, the, the big word is, is the Father will glorify us. And that's basically the Father saving us from the presence of sin. So Jesus, the punishment of sin, the Holy Spirit, the power of sin, and the Father, the presence of sin. So he, he quarantines sin, he quarantines evil, he takes it away from us. And he makes us what, what Jesus, um, after his resurrection, has become. He, he makes us perfect, as Jesus is perfect. And, um, and so, so this process of restoration... Um, it's basically the gospel message, also just from another vantage point. But, but um, that's that's something that 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 really drives me at this point, because I feel like if if people really understand and if this can can find some root in their life, um, just just how the how intimately the 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 Trinity is is working to to um, to bring us into a relationship with Him and and to deal with the problem of evil and the problem of sin. Um, I think I think uh, that'll be the catalyst for anyone to 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 really trust God, and take that leap of faith, and yeah. yeah. I love that. So good. Well, Dubois and Dakmar and Gaia, if you're listening, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing from your heart and the wisdom that God has entrusted to you and His Word. And uh, Dakmar. I just love you. I love you so much. <laughs> and I love you. Need to keep on coming on here. You, yeah, last minute. 
co-host. It works. <laughs> it works. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This season, we are inviting young women to join me as they share their personal stories and ask honest questions or share objections to the Christian faith. We hope to feature a different story each month and then invite Christian guests on to share from their own journeys and experiences and maybe answer some of those questions in follow-up episodes. Friend, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is still in the restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love business. I know not everyone has experienced that, but if you're curious at all at whether there's something real to be found in Jesus, I invite you to come back next week as we continue on a journey towards finding something real in relationship with Him. Until next time.